0: Welcome to Punta Vista episode 105, and we are on a farm, picking fruit. Gotta tell ya, I don't care for it. I'm up a ladder, getting scratched, there's bugs biting me, and I'm earning very little money. On um, the next tree over, I can hear a piece of unripe fruit has fallen onto his head, making a sound like a coconut. It's Theo.
1: Hey.
0: Hello. How are you enjoying the farm?
1: Um... I'm not sure uh, how many allergies I've got right now or what they are (laughs) But they are debilitating
0: Hating every moment of this All of them happening at once and all of it happening under the bright glare of the sun in the
1: outdoors My arms are weak from
0: being above my head um, From lifting (laughs) their own weight (sighs) And uh, in the next read over from that, getting hard to hear It's Lucy Lucy, how's it going?
2: it's good i love uh exploitative labor which i assume we're all um backpackers from europe of some kind some weird country <laughs> in europe that you've never heard of
0: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. picking fruit das is super oh uh, goodness this is that's been, just what we're doing to now We have, have been, been, to, been germany? to germany and everybody calls everything super and it rules
2: They do actually <laughs> i'm into do. it do.
0: everyone's just like oh yeah, super Like I spent so long after Spending like several days in Berlin <laughs> <I just laughs> Spent months afterwards going super About everything Because I was like I love the energy Love the energy that you guys have got going on that one
2: I think if we can be racist Doing accents of anyone It's Germany
0: Let's keep them- Yeah, I feel like their actions
1: have At least earned them that much Mm-hmm Look, I uh, think- it was part of the reparations. <laughs> it was um, an ungodly amount of money they had to pay. Um, s- they weren't allowed to keep an active army, and also everybody was allowed to do their their uh, accent extremely racistly for one hundred and twenty years.
2: That's
0: right. You, f- you have to officially. Um, I think think like part of the surrender accord was also surrendering their accent.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So here we are, and it sucks. And I'll tell you why this is happening. It's because the Australian Conservative government, baby, they're back in action. Uh, doing what they love to do. Doing what they love to do. Ah, oh, we can't be competitive on the world market. Uh, we love to help the poor by punishing them. Um, you might be thinking to yourself, ah, oh, I could really do with some help. But what if someone arrived at your house and hit you with a big stick?
1: That doesn't sound like help at all. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like well it sucks you might not that.
0: oh, that might encourage you to like um to get down and grab whatever your bootstraps are uh-huh. I don't know um and pull them up, hoisting yourself up into the air with them, uh how achieving some actually? kind of I'm levitation not sure how
2: that works
0: i think it Physically. I think it's levitation
2: ah, okay.
0: Some sort of spiritual levitation.
1: So so the pulling yourself up by the bootstraps thing, I just want to, as a quick aside, that started off as like one of those funny kind of jokes about a thing that you can't do, right? Like in the first episode of Future Armor where Bender's arms fall off and he uses one arm to put the other one on and then uses the (laughs) other one to put the first one on. But then it like, because I believe um, um, conservatives have absolutely no... That, that little part of their brain that processes irony Is just a small uh, rock like a, like a kidney stone Calcification <laughs> um, And they are unable to process that And have started using it unironically I think that's the process that happened, right? Huh.
2: Yes, and they eventually passed that stone through their urethra
1: mm-hmm. Se- <laughs> Sexually transmitted onto their horrible spawn <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
0: And that's science, folks That's how science works Science Um, It's going to be a very science-heavy episode, I feel. Mm. certainly (laughs) is. So, there there is a type of science that's being employed here under this article that says, uh, testing welfare recipients for drugs still on the agenda, Mm. Coalition insists.
1: It's one of the few things that get them
0: hard anymore. Mm. Despite it being
2: proven to not work or not have a success rate every time that they do it.
0: They do want to test um, unemployed people for drugs, but they don't want to let employed people test their drugs. That's um, well. That
1: just makes makes sense.
0: It's not the right kind of. We don't want the type of testing that stops you from dying. Yeah,
1: but also they're doing like the right kind of drugs, the cool kinds like cocaine. Mm. Yes, that's the type you can do at the races, which helps you. uh, I believe scientifically, it's engineered to help you buy low and sell high. Oh yeah, it's true. Mm, helps
2: true. you do business.
1: <laughs> not not like the poor people drugs.
0: Uh, so it says here, internal documents uh, suggest that the government's hugely controversial bid to drug test welfare recipients is no longer a key priority, but the coalition insists that it remains government policy. Because you wouldn't want anyone thinking that you weren't really committed uh, to the bit, mm-hmm. Really committed to your whole thing that you do. Uh, The incoming brief for the new social services minister, Anne Ruston, does not appear to list the drug testing trials either a key matter for attention in the government's first 100 days or a key milestone for the coming 12 months. The brief obtained by Guardian Australia through freedom of information law shows other controversial policies such as the cashless welfare card expansion, another wonderful way to punish poor people, required more urgent attention. A bill to trial drug testing of welfare recipients in three locations across two years remains before the Senate. Earlier attempts failed to win requisite crossbench support. Um, Now, this is what I like when they explain the justification for this. Uh, Rustin said, substance abuse can be a barrier to employment with Mm -hmm. consequences for individuals and their families, our communities, and our entire welfare system. This trial is about testing new ways of identifying job seekers with substance abuse issues, helping them to overcome these issues, and increasing their chances of gaining employment.
2: I'm sure they're going to help them.
0: Um, Yeah, through the conservative method of... Um, ...stopping you from getting any assistance in mm-hmm. living whatsoever... And ...stopping saying, you from addressing your material conditions... ...yep, and then saying, if you would like any help with things like um, eating, living somewhere... ...and not dying, um, then you have to prove that you have stopped smoking cones sometimes. So, there's, there's really no... Um, like, for example in in the internal brief that lists the trials cost of 5.6 million dollars i'm almost willing to bet that like the majority of that is not earmarked out for like say drug counseling to help people or therapy or doubt it. or anything that would actually help you i'm almost certain that the entire cost is going towards like forcing people to undergo testing and then saying okay you're off new start now and mm-hmm. that's probably going to be the end of it. Because as we know about this country, um, pretty much 100% of the efforts that the government undertakes are just about finding ways to disqualify people from it. So that's always good.
3: Love it. Of course, it. the Great thing that government. has led
0: us... <laughs> Great govern. Woo. Um, no means left untested. So... So you might think to yourself, "Oh, that's kind of shitty." I hope that doesn't come in. Don't worry, they got more from this. Um, they got a whole pile from this scorchingly, um, unfortunately written piece by Jack Horton in the West, uh, the West Australian. Pick fruit or lose welfare, PM says. Um, see if you can pick up any kind of, let's say, bias coming through in this article, which opens. Doll bludgers who Mm -hmm. refuse to take jobs at farms will have their Centrelink payments slashed as part of a national push to help Aussie farmers prepare for the upcoming harvest season. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Now, let's keep that first sentence in mind Mm. because this entire piece... I we need to get more specific about that in a bit. Yeah, because this entire piece is this... um, is this constant... Tug of war uh, back and forth between why they are actually doing this uh, continues. The federal government is prepared to penalise layabouts who turn down short-term harvest work and will step up penalties for those who have no excuse for doing so. I wonder if, like, um, I I can't afford like to pay my own rent, so I don't exactly have the means to move myself to like North Queensland for mm. a season.
2: Also, yeah, all and- the farm work I've seen advertised is basically room and board in exchange for work. You don't get paid money for it. Yeah,
1: you get to continue living a little bit longer, but in a different spot where none of your
0: friends and family are.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds like a great fucking deal. I was choked to death on my coffee just then. I'm okay, everybody. Uh-uh. That'd be awkward. Ooh. Great just for our a-
2: ratings, though.
0: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> But that would mean that Lucy and I would have to fill another oh, 30 minutes or so.
2: God, what a nightmare.
1: That's, uh,
0: look. You'd, you'd also have to come to my house and say to my grieving wife, we are so sorry, but is his laptop back there? He's Can got all the Patreon
2: need, uh, login. We, we
0: need. <laughs> Can you just swoop that bad boy up and like
1: wiggle the mouse around a little bit before it locks? <laughs> you uh,
0: <laughs> if you could. Uh, if you could just... Wrap up the end of that show and send it to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't and worry. Then- we'll, we will edit, edit out his death throes. <laughs> I think. I mean, I don't... Andrew does all the editing. I assume it's easy. <laughs> it must be
2: we, very we simple. Would,
0: we would love for you to um, take some of the Patreon money and get yourself some nice flowers. Yep. And then just shoot the rest of that through to us. That'd yeah. I mean, you can have like a quarter of that Patreon money for the next month. It's basically yours. It is. I mean, he's worked
1: for (coughs) it. It's the 30th. That counts. Oh, damn.
0: But I'm alive, so luckily we don't have to go through all that. Um, So, continues. The worst offenders could have their dole money withdrawn for four weeks. If this crackdown fails to attract enough workers. So, it's a crackdown on mm. dole bludgers, but it's also about attracting workers.
1: It's when you've got a carrot and a stick, and you put the carrot on the end of the stick. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and use both at once, I think.
0: And you immediately start hitting someone with the stick. With the, the carroted stick, yes. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm just imagining, like, a cat of nine tails and there's a, a carrot tied to the end of each strand of the thing. <laughs> as you flog somebody with it. This is what they meant. This is what they meant by, by carrot and stick. Carrots and stick. Uh, where we cannot find Australians to do the work... Uh, we cannot allow the fruit to rot, Mr. Morrison said, uh, because you will consider increasing the numbers by changing working holiday visas to push visitors onto farms. We will back our farmers and make arrangements through our Pacific Island Worker and Migration Program to get the job done.
3: Our
2: cheap labour programme.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the PM says he was prompted into action after hearing from farmers about the difficulties of attracting staff to the regions, and he emphasised the plan revolved around getting Aussies into work. Quote, This is about doing everything we can to ensure Australian jobs are being filled by Australians, he said. Our government has heard from farmers about how tough it is now to find workers, particularly at the heart of, height of harvest season for some crops. We want to highlight exactly where the jobs are and make sure job seekers know where to be looking. God. So, I feel like, I feel like uh, this has gone very, very quickly from, hey, some people on the dole are refusing to take particular kinds of jobs and we're going to make them do that so that, mm-hmm. you know, this, this myth, this conservative myth of the, um, of the, the choosy job seeker. Mm-hmm. The person who's been offered like um, twenty or thirty like uh, customer service jobs and said no, no.
1: Mm-hmm. this this job is too small. No. I'd
2: rather get paid less than the poverty line every week. This is this is good to me.
0: Yep, it's absolutely nothing to do with the um, very commonly known statistics of that. There's something like I think it's about fifteen applicants for every job. That's going that's a that's uh, a
2: low estimate from ones I've heard
0: oh sorry let me let me rephrase that um, when when you compare the number of jobs that are available to the number of unemployed people oh, right in the country it is like fifteen put fifteen people to a job. The number of people who are actually applying for jobs is in the, more because there's a yeah. bunch of
2: underemployed people yeah
0: so, so uh,
1: but I mean like this, this government in particular, it's, it's galling to kind of see this from Because they are possibly the most free market principles Galaxy brain government that we've had in quite a while, right? Or at least mm. since the Howard years And so you look at like the situation of being unable to attract workers to jobs in farms, right? You put the whole welfare recipient thing to the side and you go well, what in a you know in a purely capitalist system what is the what is the solution you have to raise wages right if people aren't going out there supply and demand it's mm-hmm. so but that doesn't arrive in this at all because the concept of of raising wages for uh fruit pickers uh is absolutely you know impossible for for the for our farmers which is which are you know I think For the for the great part, probably really struggling with the with the um, price of our produce at the moment, and so their only way of addressing this is to bring in basically slave labor, right? There's no indentured servitude. Indentured servitude, right? Which is
2: legal in this scenario. Which is legal in
1: this no, and it's basically the only way that you know if if you're confused about this as a. you know, as a as a non-Australian listening to the show, or what have you? You know, the only way that Australian um, fruit farms run most of the time is with a huge surge of underpaid um, people on on work visas, right? Uh, or or tourist um, yeah. labour, right? And so, at no point do we talk about um, subsidies for for farms, right? If you if you consider that the farm. Uh, industry overall is a positive influence on our economy and you know it keeps our you know it's good use for our land or what have you i'm i'm no you know i don't i'm not an expert on how this all kind of fits together in in australia but if you if you go through all of that and you say yes we want farms but no we can't afford to pay our people the obvious answer has to be subsidies right but that doesn't it's we've been going for so long with with basically slave labor that we've had a you know, the taste for it now. And it's like,
0: once you got a sniff of that slave labor, it's oh. everything else looks very it's okay. hard. Guys, by so have, comparison. You, have you
1: tried this slave labor? It's, it's very <laughs> Moorish. I've got to tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I agree. Like that. There are so many other industries throughout this country and throughout the world where, like you're saying, the commonly accepted solution is to say, if we consider this thing a greater good for our economy, um, as well for as our, for just
1: fucking feeding people, let's yeah. not forget. Mm.
0: Yep. Um and and like like they're saying here, well we're not, we're not just gonna let this fruit rot, we're not gonna let these industries die. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We make sure that we're forcing people in. As, you know what this reminds me of? Uh, um,
1: yeah. I, you, I think I do.
0: No, I don't not specifically. Mm-hmm. This this makes me think of like a government that is run um like the TV show Nathan for You. <laughs> So, where,
1: yeah, not not my guess, but keep going.
0: Where, where um, the government comes along and says, Whoa, so I guess we'll just, we'll have um, a farming industry where lots of people pick fruit and they'll all get paid uh, $3 an hour. And everybody goes, no, that's stupid. I'm not going to work for that little. Mm. Um, or, as is actually the case, you will get paid $60 per ton of fruit that you pick. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's the cool bit about this. That's the... Uh it's the nice little scam that they've got going. It's like, well, we're yeah. not we're not underpaying people. You just you get paid for what you pick, basically. You just,
0: you just didn't pick enough. Mm. Um, you know, I was looking at people in the in the replies to some of these some of the posts about this, talking about their own experiences doing it, and you know, like um, there's a woman saying, you know, I'm I'm like a pretty small person, and I was doing this work, and I'm just like half the size of some of these other dudes, and so what I was doing was like. 12 hours of backbreaking labor and getting like $60 for it. Mm. And other people were physically able to pick, you know, mm. two or three times as much as me in that period and getting a lot more. But, um, but yeah, like, like the Nathan for you model proposing something stupid. And then when that doesn't work going, ah, time to pile layer of, on, upon layer of stupid things on top of this, just to prove that it's a working model. Uh, um, let's let's also force all welfare recipients to do this, and let's also change all tourist visas to require people to come and do this. Just so that when enough people come through it and do it, you can turn to the camera and say, "See a successful business model." Mm-hmm.
1: I-, I was going to say that I thought this may have reminded you of perhaps our car industry. Um, well, yes. which, which was heavily subsidised, and then uh, and they said, "Hey, we can't do without these subsidies." Um, but if you want to keep employing people and, you know, keeping people on a job and having our, you know, being proud about the, the things that we make here in this country, you, you know, you can just keep keep subsidizing. Everything's going to be okay. And the government says, we're going to stop subsidizing you. And they went, oh, cool. Mm, See ya. What
2: happened then? What uh, happened well after then, that?
1: Yeah. Strange thing. Very, very strange thing happened. Uh, the car industry collapsed literally overnight.
3: Mm. We mm-hmm.
1: woke up after a weekend, I believe And there was no car industry anymore Yep, everybody had packed up their suitcases mm-hmm. Waving goodbye to us Yep, they uh, they left the glue behind that they used To stick the Holden badge on front of all of the uh, um, Fuck, what's that? What's the American brand? Uh, on front of the, all the Chevrolets Cars And, yep, yeah, that's right Car brand cars <laughs> Car we buy brands. cars and we rebrand. And left the, the stuff
2: on the cars, <laughs>
1: uh, and they left. <laughs> Here's a wild idea.
0: Crazy
2: idea! Instead of investing in drug testing welfare recipients and cracking down on them, hmm. imagine subsidizing their wages so that they can do farm work.
0: Just hmm. just spending enough money to make it like a living wage. <laughs> imagine crazy. Hmm.
2: Sorry, just throwing things around here. You know, you su-
0: you sound out of your mind right now.
1: Crazy. Well, remember when we had that big mining boom? I don't know if you guys recall, um, kind of the thing that like transformed our nation and all, all this sort of stuff. And we needed people to go other places, places where they where they didn't live. So they lived in in one place, but we said, "Well, we've got these jobs for you out out here in this in this." other distinct place it's not the place you live in it's a different place but what we're going to do is we're going to pay you an eye-watering amount of money to make up for the fact that you are not living in the place where your friends and family and cat and dog are you'll be over here in uh, some shithole i don't know Mackay. and <laughs> basically we're just going to pay you um oh fuck what's a what's a number uh, we'll make up a number and then everyone said yes that sounds great, but the difference being is that those people were either digging coal or they had degrees, which is, I think, distinct from treating fruit pickers as human beings. Hmm. Not sure. There's there's some distinction there, but I, I it's, it's escaping me at the moment.
0: There's also the fact that that obviously turned out very badly for a lot of people. Um, oh, Fly-in, yeah. fly fly-out work uh, has destroyed a lot of families out there. Yeah, it's led also to destroyed a lot a of A lot of, communities. of suicides and... All that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, great stuff there from the government. You love to see it. You love to see innovative thinking, you know?
2: Very innovative.
0: Speaking of innovative thinking, mm. I, I've been struggling lately, folks. I've been scouring high and low, trying to find some of that classic, bad Australian opinion writing, you know? Um, people say to us, hey, Hey, what's old, uh, what's old Daisy Cousins been up to? Mm. And the answer is not getting paid to publish anything anywhere, and trying very hard to become a YouTube grifter. Which We've we have no interest
1: in watching.
0: Sorry. Yeah.
2: Not going to watch a video, you know. That's too much oh. for us. Yeah, I, I don't, tried. I, don't I tried. Hear that
0: that whatever it is that she's doing to her voice. I simply mm. do not like it. I threw one on. I was like, maybe I can mine a bit of content out of this. And after like two minutes of the talking, I went, "All right, no time to, time no, to look thank somewhere else." You. Mm. Uh, what's what's Caleb Bond up to? And Caleb Bond also is basically writing nothing anywhere anymore, except for like extremely localized news about um, about like levies on certain types of garbage oh, collection yeah. in Adelaide.
1: Hell yeah, I love that he's eighty years old.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's he's transitioned straight to just local news, <laughs> extremely <laughs> local news. So um, so I had a look at. The Daily Telegraph's Rendezvous section. The meeting place for news making views. um,
2: Oh, Rendezvous. I I got it.
0: Rendezvous. Um,
2: Rendezvous.
0: Now, I found a piece by a a lady named Kerry Parnell, who I was not familiar with. But she seems to fit this classic mold of, I saw one thing that made me mad. And now I'm going to write a whole piece about it. Um, And she wrote this piece called Fund Your Own Holiday. Begpacking is not a good look. And she has written an entire piece uh, because she saw one GoFundMe uh, online. Fancy a trip around the world? Don't bother saving up. Make like a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) And and beg for the funds. The phenomenon known as begpacking has been spotted on the streets everywhere from Hong Kong to Bangkok. But now it's in... Cyberspace too, thanks to <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks to influencers. <laughs> Cyberspace, thanks to influencers like Kat alive. and Elena, self-described lovers, travelers, and dream chasers of another beautiful day. Instagram fame. The couple made the news this week after posting on GoFundMe to raise money for a journey from their native Germany to Africa by bicycle. Ah, super. <laughs> Of course, uh, the, they're a big pair of dipshits. Um, white people with dreads and all that sort of stuff. Who cares? Um, they want to take us all on a huge adventure as long as we pay. It'll be good for us, you see. So, she's written a whole piece about um, how we shouldn't give, like, $40,000 to a pair of hippie dipshits from Germany. Which, to be fair, I wasn't, like, on my way to do.
2: Wasn't planning on it.
0: No. Um, she's she's gone through the whole process here, um, from uh, from saying I, I don't think we should give them all this money to travel to also referring to the subsequent in- Instagram post after the big backlash where um, the guy has said I'm going to be going offline for thirty days to do <laughs> a, a mental cleanse of some form. Uh, so a little brain colonic. So the classic. Let's write an entire piece about nothing at all, but. While I was looking through this, something caught my eye that <laughs> really really tickled my fancy. Among the other articles from, from Kerry Parnell, the Kerry Parnell. Uh, we have more from Kerry Parnell. Why has Megan Markle lost her sparkle? And this is the one that caught me. Time to write an entire piece entitled I will never understand the appeal of horror movies.
3: Okay, <laughs> okay that's
0: <laughs> cool. I was like, what? why did you write this? Uh, just when you thought it was safe to go back to the cinema, there's another deluge of horror films filling our screens. Just like that, that whole period of, say, the last 80 years when they stopped making horror movies entirely.
1: Mm-hmm. There was Psycho, mm-hmm. and then I think basically nothing until Final uh, Destination. Yeah, yep. The Bye-Bye Man. Like
2: the two yes, milestones. have you seen The Bye-Bye Man? <laughs>
0: I have not seen The Bye-Bye oh, Man.
2: Oh, you got to watch The Bye-Bye Man.
0: <laughs> you got to see The Bye-Bye. Really oh enjoyed God.
2: that one, to be honest.
0: We should do a watching of The Bye-Bye Yes, bye absolutely. Man. All right, I'm down with that. Um, from the Pet Cemetery remake, where a family brings their dead daughter back to life, to the disturbing child-killing The Curse of La Llorona, La out Thursday to another version of child's play with an updated psycho Chucky doll, followed by the kid-slashing clown Pennywise returning in IT Chapter 2, yes, there's a minor murdering bonanza in a cinema near you. I may sound like a total killjoy.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. You do.
0: Although I'll take that over enjoying watching kids being killed while I munch popcorn. But why is this entertainment? I could never stomach it before, and it's even worse since I became a mother. Admittedly, now this is this is our favorite part of any, like, bad opinion article, mm-hmm. is the sentence jammed right into, like, the third paragraph that negates the entire purpose of the piece. Oh, Ad- uh, the Caleb the Bond um, sentence. Mm. Yes. Um, admittedly, I have always been a horror lightweight... <laughs> I almost fainted watching a screening of Wolf Creek and hmm. not because I was seated behind the lovely David Stratton, which is enough to give any lady palpitations. <laughs> oh
2: really? Keep it in your pants. I'm not sure about that one.
0: Folks, we need you to um we need you to pause the podcast, open up uh search engine of the show, DuckDuckGo. And just Google David Stratton If you are not an Australian um, Of a certain vintage who has watched A lot of the movie show with Margaret and David Google yourself a picture of David Stratton And ask He's yourself He's
1: right up there with international sex symbols so You've got Tom Cruise You've got uh, uh,
0: Warren Beatty Do people
1: still like Warren Beatty? Um, no. I assume so, and then David Stratton
0: David Stratton, so find a picture of David Stratton And ask yourself, does this guy steam my clams? Like a uh, ill-looking Jeremy Corbyn, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: certainly is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Imagine, um, imagine if you will that uh that geriatric diabetic history substitute teacher you had uh, in high school, and if you thought I gotta fuck this guy, I gotta fuck this guy while he tells me whether or not he liked the Wolf Creek sequel,
3: mm-hmm.
0: which is probably a bit cruel because David Stratton actually seems to rule, but he
2: seems nice I've got nothing against him
0: you can seem nice without being yeah, being, being a big a, big fuck object yeah look at him go oh that's a fuck machine <laughs> even silly old Blair Witch made me sick I watched it on a flight and the combination of the tension wobbly camera and turbulence sent me rushing to the toilets to throw up wow
2: <laughs> that, that I, one upset me too because I was 13 and everyone told me it was real so I can relate
0: Everybody thought it was real.
2: We all thought Great. it was real.
0: Great marketing campaign.
2: Mm. Um,
0: I'm sure I've said it before, but, um, but uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine, she had, like, in high school, she had a book that they put out beforehand that was, like, the case files of a detective who had gone to, they, like, made up a, like, a true crime type book, oh. and I think, I think she saw that before the movie even came out, so in her brain, she was like, this shit is legit.
2: Genius.
0: Um, I also think that, uh, the, the, the wobbly camera thing, the handheld camera nausea, it only affects you if you're like watching it in a fucking cinema where it's taking up your entire field of vision. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I pushed past a queue of disgruntled passengers shrieking that I was going to be sick on their shoes. Um, confirming that all bad opinion columnists constantly out themselves as being the most insufferable motherfuckers in the world. Yep. (laughs) What made it even more embarrassing was the nine-year-old girl who was watching it in the seat next to me found it and me funny. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, owned by a little kid.
2: I mean, first of all, this didn't happen. Yeah. And if it did, why are you why are you writing this publicly, outing yourself like this?
0: I just love pieces like this that get thinner and thinner as they go. Um, I won't ever be downloading the sequel, Blair Witch. Why would you? You've already expressed that you don't like these movies.
2: It's not even a good movie. You've made a great choice here. Congratulations.
0: My goodness. Um, But why do we want to see so much horror? Why do we enjoy watching people meet grisly ends and scaring ourselves witless? Psychologists say we enjoy (laughs) horror movies because of an excitement... Like which oh is now spiraling out into like Webster's Dictionary defines a yeah. horror movie.
1: Like as someone who uh, writes things in a newspaper for a living, she could have like gone and interviewed a horror buff, and he could have or she could have articulated the the reasons why they enjoy horror movies. You know, in terms that are personal, uh, that so you may understand the psyche of it better, but no, what she's done is gone to WebMD and gone in horror movie and uh, copy-pasted the result, I think.
0: My goodness.
1: I'm jealous so of the
2: people that write these, to be honest. They don't even How? have to research. They don't have to be funny or insightful. They can just write a whole column about, I don't like this thing, and they like- get paid money for it.
0: How do you get the gig, though? So I don't I know. know. Yeah, Good like, do you? Lord.
2: I feel like you should have to be especially funny or insightful to be a columnist, but I don't think that's often the case.
0: And it's not the case at all. My goodness. So you know, I'm I'm going to keep an eye out on on this Kerry Parnell, but it I've just really struggled. It's been a it's been a Darth of quality dumb shit coming out of opinion columnists. but the God, the OG. Uh, the man the king, himself. The king of Australian dog shit opinions has swooped in last minute on the buzzer shooting from half court and he drains that motherfucker. We're talking about Andrew Bolt. Andrew Bolt is extremely mad about the TV show uh-huh. Chernobyl. Theo, would <laughs> you like to tell us why he is mad about the TV show Chernobyl? Um Andrew Bolt is
1: Mad about the TV show called Chernobyl because Global warming does not exist Of course Basically So he has written an article And then immediately written another article Because every conservative columnist Needs to get paid twice Once for the article and then once to respond To the criticism Um, And it seems like he Saw I think the last Three minutes of Of the TV show Chernobyl um, (laughs) Which is um, The part where they go through The montage of you know Various real life characters And and all that sort of stuff And the figures and you know All the bad stuff that that has Resulted from uh, Nuclear reactor 4 at Chernobyl Popping it's top And doing a great big gusher um, All over the Associated Nations Of the Former uh, USSR. Um, so, basically, the thing that he has taken umbrage with and written two uh, two articles about is the claim uh, at the end that, that between 4,000 and 93,000 people died from radiation poisoning. And he has used this to extend, um, to criticise the uh, anti-nuclear brigade uh, as well as the uh, global warming brigade In a number of uh, Very very Strange Ways um, So He has Basically The whole The whole thing That this this article uh, Revolves around is, is that number Not The six episodes Of harrowing TV Showing The way that um, Structural Kind of Lies And, and ass covering And Um Self-interest overrode the scientific community To repeatedly um, cover up evidence About uh, unsafe generation of power Resulting in a disaster I can't draw any uh, parallels to the current situation about that either But uh, instead, at the end, this number Where he he repeatedly kind of cherry-picks studies Um, So... One thing that makes the speculation so sick is the science now is actually quite clear. The known death toll from Chernobyl is fewer than 100. That's right. It's not 30,000, 93,000, or 1 million, but fewer than 100. Um, All right. So this next sentence, I feel like I could write a PhD on conservative thinking um, just based on... What is missing from this sentence? And just, if you will, entertain me and, and just give me a guess at your understanding of what is missing from this next sentence. The Uni- United States Nuclear Regulatory Commission, for instance, says 30 people died in the blast or shortly thereafter. Uh, is there... Can you guys mm. pick what might, be, what might be missing from this count? Just at a guess. Just, I
0: mean, we're not health experts or anything. Is, is it anything to do with the part that killed a lot of people not being an explosion? Is oh,
3: but it, oh, they oh, didn't
2: report that. The the famously uh, above board Soviet Union. Mm-hmm.
0: What about, uh, what about, is it anything to do with the fact that there's still a massive exclusion zone around the Chernobyl power plant that people can't go into and they write all this stuff about how there's like lots of animals there, but no people at all for some reason? Hmm. Maybe. I mean, he he might cover this, I'm sure. Like,
1: let's read on. The Chernobyl forum... Uh, a multinational agency set up to monitor the effects Uh, says another 19 first responders died prematurely over the next two decades from various causes but their deaths are not necessarily and in some cases are certainly not directly attributable to radiation exposure so again this is like a, a masterpiece in cherry picking and um and just excluding the facts that you don't like, so the Chernobyl Forum also produced a paper that estimates an additional five thousand deaths um, came from radiation exposure, um, from you know increased cancer sort of thing. But and and there's like there's a whole there's a whole spectrum, and I want to kind of get into this briefly, but that it's sort of it's one of those things that takes subtlety to to approach and Mm -hmm. to talk about, um, to say, well, look... Not his strongest points. We're we're not quite sure what the the end result is. Um, What we do know is that uh, there is almost certainly a long-lasting effect that needs to be considered, um, that we need to, uh, you know, talk about the, uh, you know, upwards of half a million people used as, you know, labour to pick up radiated... um, Graphite blocks and all, all this sort of stuff um, and, and where they're at And all, all this sort of stuff that, that, you know, it may be something That we can only ever understand statistically uh, Instead of man-die-an-explosion
0: Man-go-boom-die-now mm. um, Man- ma- Yeah,
1: that's right And, you know, maybe perhaps to, to Andrew Bolt Even 4,000 deaths isn't isn't enough to make a big deal about So basically, you know, 9-11 was not not so bad Um but he kind of, but then he of course turns this uh, gun that he has just expertly loaded, <laughs> his gun of hypocrisy, <laughs> and he points it uh, to blast at the anti-nuclear brigade. Um, that you know there there is Chernobyl is is used as an example. You might some might say the example um, until Fukushima um, of the dangers of nuclear power. And the irony is, of course, that nuclear power, as he highlights, um, and, and possibly the only good point he has in the entire article uh, is that, uh, here I'll read, the It's um, the irony there is that nuclear power is actually the power source warming alarmists should be demanding, um, yeah, I wanna get to that as well, reliable, relatively cheap, and with zero carbon emissions. And that's the only place where he's sort of approaching a point with any kind of subtlety where he's sort of considered um, the spread of, of uh, factors. Um, but, of course, that requires, like, a discussion with some sort of um, nuance and that sort of thing, whereas he seems to have just missed the entire um, previous six episodes where um, the the show is never explicitly anti-nuclear, I would say. Have you seen it? Um, I haven't. I've no. seen, it. See? I you, seen it. I wouldn't say it's
2: specifically about that. It's just more about how it was handled.
1: That, that's exactly right. I'd, I'd, at no point was the show like nuclear power is is bad. Um, it actually seemed to not be interested in that point whatsoever, which is mm. probably a good idea. Um, instead, it talks about the, the way in which um, it was repeatedly covered up um, information was not taken seriously. Uh, you know the previous cover-ups of um, things from the from the nuclear industry to say, well, the RBMK reactors, when you uh, when you go to um, shut them down, uh, there is a flaw. It causes a small power surge. That's probably bad if you're already in a power surge. Um, and, and all all of this sort of sort of stuff. So no no point is it specifically at anti. Um, like, anti-nuclear power But that has not stopped him from um, saying that it is
0: uh, Connecting it those dots himself connecting Also, those dots. I wouldn't uh, say that
2: climate change believers Are specifically anti-nuclear crowd either no, a I think it's man, a straw man, Andrew Bolt uh,
1: Absolutely I think there is a fairly reasonable split, right? I think mm. that the Greens um, by, There are by certain the default, Greens factions that um,
2: go for nuclear,
1: even that's, exac- that's exactly right And it's because they you know like like us or like like any kind of right thinking person you are taking all of the factors involved and going well there is the possibility of of um tragic accident right and and huge accident that has required tens of thousands of people to leave their houses you know hundreds of square kilometers to be uninhabitable uh versus this slow constant grind of carbon emission from the uh, coal gas oil that we burn every single day that is contributing to a gigantic disaster that we cannot see um, but so it's not a problem if you but can't it's not you can't you can't see it. it so it's basically fine like like radiation so like so many of these things Andrew Bolt has taken the exact wrong message from this, where instead of saying, well, you know, we need to be listening to the scientists and we need to be uh, open with the information and um, making the right policy decisions to make safe electricity, he is saying, "Uh, no, actually, uh, radiation, uh, good for baby, (laughs) <laughs> uh, who's to say otherwise and, and also what if Carbon was good for plants um, You'd feel pretty foolish then if, if it turns out carbon's good for uh, Good for plants But no uh, he, uh, he says instead Scares sell And calm sense does not That's why nuclear power remains so demonized today And why global warming Is causing such a needless panic
0: uh, I would like to note as well that he has, of course, in the style of all Australian <coughs> Australian right wing commentators, has had to frame this in the context of because this show has been screened on the ABC. Um, it oh. is part of. Sorry.
2: That makes sense now. Why he's so mad about the it, drama it Chernobyl? Is,
0: it is therefore part of the ABC's ideological agenda.
1: Well, hang on, hang on. Did did it screen on the ABC? Because I believe that his... So this is the second article now, right, where uh, Andrew Bolt, ABC seems to fear the truth on Chernobyl and cancer. Um, I'll read a little bit. Uh, The ABC's new chairman, Ida Buttrose, has admitted the state broadcaster may be biased after all. Um, Quote, Ida Buttrose, we are biased. Uh, no. (laughs) Um, And on Monday came more proof. Um, last week I wrote the new HBO series, oh, okay. blah, 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 blah. And then they, on Media Watch, it was criticized directly, um, for being extremely galaxy-brained bullshit. And now Andrew Bolt is mad about that.
0: Right. Okay. That, oh, that clarifies things. Right. Because, so he has said, yes, there's this thing about bias at the ABC. Also, here are my thoughts about the HBO-produced and screened show, Chernobyl. And if you look at the comments in reply to that article, the entire thing is about, like, ah, so that's why the ABC made such a biased TV show called mm. Chernobyl. Um, because nobody has watched the show or watched the ABC. And is extremely mad about both.
2: Does he ever just enjoy things? It's a good show. It's fantastic television. Just go on, and have enjoys a enjoys
0: a nice spot of racism from time to time. Mm-hmm. And doesn't enjoy um, being convicted in a court True. Uh, for any acts of racism. Now, from there, folks, we're going to take off. That's right. Mm. We're going to take off to our new segment that the people are demanding more of. They're bloody demanding it. Speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. That's right, folks. Plainly Speaking. It's plane time. That's a good pun. Hit us, Lucy. What's up in the world of planes?
2: What's up in the world of planes? Well, well, I would just like to talk a little bit more about the Boeing 737 MAX. Great plane. But- um, <laughs> Quick that I will twice, not be boarding. <laughs> that I absolutely will not be boarding. Um, so it looks like it's not going to be back in the air until next year, at the least. But I read in an article in Bloomberg today some deeply upsetting stuff. It says uh, longtime Boeing engineers say the effort to complete the plane was complicated by a push to outsource work to lower-paid contractors. Uh-huh. Shocking how that works.
0: I wonder if that was perhaps anything to do with the problems in the first place.
2: Maybe. This article's titled, 737 MAX Software Outsourced to $9 an Hour Engineers. Fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. It says the MAX software uh, was developed at a time Boeing was laying off experienced engineers and pressing suppliers to cut costs. I would like to point out also that Boeing's gross profit for the 2019 year was $19.4 billion
0: yeah I can really see why they've gotta chop those corners so heavily.
2: Yeah. doing really uh, wonders for their brand, which I'm not biased against because the Airbus is a better plane manufacturer in any way.
0: Not at all. Mm. I, I guess like I, I find this stuff interesting because it's it's such a it's such a good kind of encapsulation of the end point of this type of capital of a capitalist approach to everything where you know obviously everybody has been used to the, the very slow transfer from you used to get a ticket for a plane and the the price of your ticket included getting to take some bags on the plane uh, because you are probably going somewhere when you bought a plane therefore you might need to take some stuff with you uh, and also you're going to be on the plane for a while so they'll give you a meal because you are in a confined environment and you don't really have access to anything and they don't let you take food on the plane and they'll give you a drink and all that kind of stuff. Um, they'll let you sit in a seat, all that kind of jazz. But then over time, it has become, oh, you can have uh, this much bag, and if you would like more bag, you can have it, but you're gonna have to pay $30 a kilo of luggage or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And um, we'll give you like some pretzels, a tiny bag of pretzels, but if you would like an actual meal, you gotta pay for that. And also, we have internet on our planes now. Um, but if you would like that, you would need to register an account for our for our special thing and lay down your credit card, pay this extra money, and you know every everybody's familiar with the whole um, the the windows not lining up with any of the seats anymore <laughs> because they keep making the seats smaller the and seats smaller.
2: smaller. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for, like, cost-cutting in and airlines and how that's affecting things. But for the most part, planes have just been getting increasingly increasingly safer until, you know, something terrible like this happens, which is extremely rare still. But it's pretty upsetting but, when it's come directly from capitalist cost-cutting.
0: Yeah, exactly. This And this is the one where this is the very, very natural extension of... In what ways can we cut costs? To yeah, this? And it's I- not just
2: this. It's the fact that they, uh, the, a main reason that these pilots weren't trained in it is that they wanted to cut costs by not having to train pilots on a new aspect of the software. So they just didn't inform a bunch of people about it. Huh. They just, you know, left the software in there, didn't think there would be any problem with it. So the pilots, apparently, in these, you know, less trained sort of areas and airlines just didn't know what to do in this scenario.
0: Uh, yeah. What if, what if you, what if you could have a plane? Uh, well, you can have the plane that has all the sensors that tell you not to crash, but what if we took some of those sensors out and it didn't cost you so much? What if you got to unlock them through loot boxes?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if it was the DLC?
0: Mm-hmm. And then of course, yeah, you wind up at this point of, well, now we have to fix it. Uh, well, but we don't want to pay somebody all that money to fix it. Let's outsource this to some $9 an hour guys. Have you guys seen the photos of like all of them parked on, on runways and out in parking mm. lots? No. It's extremely good. They have like such a long queue of grounded 737s waiting to, get, um, waiting to get repaired that they're like literally out in the car parks of airports.
2: Yeah, it's um, very depressing images to look at.
0: It's, it's a lot more than double parked, to be honest.
2: It certainly is. It's
0: pretty a depressing scenario.
2: This is, you know, the these planes aren't meant to be in the air until at least next year, and to be costing airlines money, and everyone's losing. Basic, basically, uh, Boeing's profits in this quarter are significantly down. So, uh, good for them. But good again, choices.
0: this this all comes back to to the type of stuff we talked about. Of it's almost as though if you actually put in a little money up front. Um, you can help avoid some of these things and continue your skyrocketing profits.
2: You certainly can.
0: But instead, no. We won't be doing that.
2: I don't... It's a bad plane. Just get Ooh. rid of it, in my opinion.
0: We'll be grounding it. You, you're done. You're done with these planes. You've done, done your dash. You've used up your time.
2: They should just renovate them into hotels or something, you know, for aircraft enthusiasts. <laughs> I think that would make significantly <laughs> greater profits. <laughs>
0: Um yeah, just turn them all into like the uh turn them all into the, the Austin Powers thing where you can press a button and the bed starts spinning and all the lights come on. Exactly. And that of stuff. Genius. Austin, Austin Powers themed um Austin Powers themed honeymoon hotel suites. hmm I think is where we gotta go with this.
2: I agree. I don't have any good plan news. <clears throat>
0: Is there usually good plane news?
2: There's not usually good plane news. There's also bad plane news here. There's a plane crash here in Hawaii last week, Uh, a skydiving plane.
1: Uh,
2: People going up to skydive and the plane crashed and killed everyone. combining two horrors. Yeah, it's really the last thing you'd be scared about in that scenario. The worst part was uh, I was reading the uh, Facebook post on one of the news sites, which is always the worst kind of commenters, and everyone was saying, why didn't they jump?
0: people do sure don't think be pieces their of brains. Shit.
2: they certainly don't understand physics and uh flight or just the world around them sometimes
0: well hey even outside of that um i don't know if they understand just the the general idea of being a decent human who knows that other people can read the thing that you're posting.
2: Mm, the people that just died have families.
0: Yeah, maybe they're looking at an article about this and they're seeing a whole bunch of dipshits underneath go boo boo. Terrible stuff. So um we'll we'll we're going to try and find we're going to try and find some good plain news.
2: Yeah. I don't That's know what that entails. Detail. There'll be something
0: for future editions of plainly speaking. We're running out of time, so we're going to jump over into the old, great, big, gigantic, heaving sack of mail. Pull out some letters. Lover of the show, Travis, asks, best apple variety?
2: Golden delicious.
0: Ooh, it's so seasonal, Contentious.
2: I know, it's so seasonal. Sometimes you can't find it, that's why it's so
0: good. Sometimes it's the best apple you've ever had, and sometimes it's all chalky and...
2: Yeah, Sheet the chalky flowery. ones are bad. Other than that, it's a pink lady.
0: Um, I think a big front runner is the Jazz apple. Those mm. motherfuckers are delicious. Jazz
2: mm. is a good apple.
0: Jazz is a goddamn good apple.
1: Theo, what's your pick for apple? I don't know. I've, I've not bought apples. Like, I when I buy apples, I just grab the red ones. But I know that red delicious is a, a scam now. Mm-hmm. So, Fuji, is that good? Fuji's good feel like fuji i've had some a good, good apple. fuji apples just like a just like a standard apple um the only time i like actively so i'm like thinking back because i don't i don't really like eating apples um Me or, like i'd rather just eat a banana but the, like the last time i i can think of actively eating an apple was when uh caitlin stewed a whole bunch when i'd had all my wisdom teeth out and i couldn't open my mouth and my lips <laughs> would to block any real <laughs> solid food so i was just like uh Pathetically mushing Boiled apples Through the tiny gap In my lips Um And they were I believe Um The The green ones or Granny Smith Granny Smith apples Probably a
2: Granny Smith Yeah mm. huh.
1: But
0: I wouldn't eat them actively Okay Very Pretty anti-apple Dude over here
1: No no, no Just Just ambivalent huh.
0: Uh Wife of the show Connor Stokes asks This question is for Theo God, what was it like to drink a million beers, get up on stage, and stay up so far past your bedtime? Oh God! I okay. So first of all, it was a million wines.
1: <laughs> um, we went to uh, so that we um my kind of like the job and their business group um went to a Vietnamese Chinese slash karaoke bar or restaurant. It's like a, it's way bigger than I was expecting. Um. To eat food and then do karaoke And they're like get your things in quick So like thinking that Oh okay we'll put some in now We'll Put, in, put some in later Anyway we put ours in first And we were the last ones to, to go not, <laughs> At like 11 o'clock And by this point uh, I was absolutely Irresponsibly drunk um, And I had a good time And then I went home and Went to bed and then woke up drunk
0: Oh, that's a bad feeling.
1: Um, I was like, I was talking to Caitlin. And she's like, oh, you know, how many more would you have needed to puke or whatever? I'm like, I should have just puked. Do you know, where you're at that at that line where if you'd have had one more drink and puked, you would have felt better in the morning. Yeah, uh, that puke really helps out. Um, but I'm out of out of shape, out of drinking shape. Uh, very bad at drinking now. So I just went to bed drunk. Woke up drunk, um, spent most of yesterday miserable.
0: Hmm. Uh, what did you sing though? Um, Iris by Goo oh, Dolls. Gu-gu-dolls. Wow, that is a, <laughs>
2: that is an interesting karaoke choice.
0: That is not what I would have picked. All right. Um, okay, we've got a got a serious one here. Um, friend of the show, Space Dom, says, "G'day, to A member of my high school group chat recently asked for help in drafting a letter to our alma mater about... uh, Does does that mean the school you went to? I
2: think it just means the school you went to. They just use these words here.
0: Okay. Drafting a letter to the school we went to Hmm. about some current students from the same school misbehaving on his bus route. Blocking the walkway, leaving trash, that kind of thing. My first thought was that he's a mad narc who should get over it, especially when he gave reasons for it like thinking of the community. However, this is an elite Catholic boys' school we're talking about, so throwing his weight as an old boy behind attempts to make would-be patriarchal shitheads marginally less shitty isn't necessarily the worst idea. Is this an acceptable short-term solution before the socialist revolution does away with private schooling altogether, or is it just another way of asking it to self-regulate with its usual amounts of success? Cheers. Go for it. Have you considered taking a baseball bat onto the bus and bash it? No. Um, (laughs) Yikes. Definitely can't. You can't assault school kids on the bus.
2: I think you can knock on school kids because they suck and they're awful and they intimidate me and I'm scared that they're laughing at me when I hear them laughing. So, go for it.
0: Yeah. um, Also, I guess if um, if you are an adult on a bus with some teens who are being shitty, um consider being the person who goes hey fucking knock it off uh because a lot of the time i think that uh, like now look look i'm gonna preface this up front by saying of course i'm scared of teens we're all scared of teens
2: we're okay? all scared of teens
0: we're all scared of teens but i'm pretty sure that like 98 percent of the time um teenage boys are uh, just being boisterous dickheads because mm. that's how they're learning to express themselves with their pals and all that sort of stuff and a lot and of also
1: like snakes they're more scared of you than yeah. you are of them yeah Pro- um, probably i mean not in my case but
0: I, I think that a vast majority of the time an adult saying to a group of of teens or school kids particularly in uniform and all that sort of stuff guys can you fucking knock it off or also putting it in the context of you're bothering everybody else on this bus, um, will go. Ugh. I um I've got an example. But also, of this. don't get yourself stabbed or anything.
1: No, absolutely not. Um, so where I um when I finish up at uni, like if I finish up a lecture at um at three, I got to walk to the bus station, and there's like a million um, kids there, and because. High school now starts at 12 for some reason. No, they'd be like 11 or not. No, because no, the prep thing Hello? changed. Hello? Hello? Andrew, can you hear me?
2: Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you, Lucy.
2: Okay. Is it just Andrew?
1: It's just Andrew. Oh, I think he's turned his thing all the way down.
0: <clears throat> I'm back. My, my computer suddenly muted itself for no reason. No problem, no. man. Go. Cool.
1: Um, yeah, so, like, kids are now... 12 and going to high school which is extremely wild uh and there's like a thousand of them on the bus platform and i'm standing behind one of these shitty kids and he's got like this packet of lollies and he's holding it behind his back and you know that thing as a kid where you would just like really surreptitiously just drop some garbage oh yeah, yeah yeah like So he's like... You think you're being smooth? Yeah, yeah. He's trying to be 12-year-old smooth, right? And he's like standing in front of me and he's got this packet in his hand and he just like drops it behind his back and lands on the ground. And then like 20 seconds later, he turns around to have a little look to see if he gets away (laughs) with it. I look at him and I look down at the packet on the ground and raise my eyebrows and he picks it up. Yeah. It worked. It worked. Is the most powerful I have ever felt. <laughs> um, my dominion over this small child. Um, so that's all you've got to do, really, is just just give them a little eyebrow wiggle, and they'll they'll straighten straight up.
0: I guess um, I guess what I'm saying is that I think that number one, don't don't underestimate your own ability to have an impact in the world, and to more directly answer the question, which was. Is, is writing the letter a narc thing to do or is it an acceptable short-term solution? I think the reality is that there are, th- that is not the pure binary of ways in which this person can attempt to do something. Yeah. Um, and yes, you can do that. But to me, that's, that's kind of looking at, a, at an issue, especially if he's, if he's going to put it to you with reasons like, I'm thinking of the community, then it's like, then fucking do something
1: yeah if, it you're, also- if, if
0: you're bothered by this as a thing that you think is affecting people in your community and making a shitty time for you and the other people on your commute and all that sort of stuff then to me writing a letter to to a school that these kids go to and go oh, i went to this school and these kids whose names i don't know are on this bus route at this time and they're kind of being dicks to me is is just outsourcing the attempt for someone to talk to these kids as long as it's not you
1: yeah, and it also extends the idea that authority exists to punish you, right? Yeah. Like, mm. like the way that this will will go about is that they they will be pulled into the office and, you know, told that they're that they're naughty instead of, um, like, we're, we're going to
0: find this guy who knocked on us and kick the shit out of him.
1: Yeah, but but also like that kind of just continues the binary of of well there's good people and there's bad people right and if you're a bad people bad person you're going to be you're going to be punished um so basically like that's the only mechanism through which you can improve people's lives is putting the fear in them to say you know if you do this then you may show up to your to your school or later your job uh, and not have it any anymore instead of actually trying to talk to these kids and say hey uh, that sucks because that garbage may just go into the ocean and be there forever. Um,
3: it's a bad I, time.
0: I, I don't think it has to be a detailed lecture. Sometimes it can be as simple as, "Come on, man, come on." Yeah, that's that's no good. Like, so, so yeah, I think um, I think we have talked about this in great detail in the past. But Australia really is a nation of cops. And I think that that what is being proposed is under the guise of, well, someone's got to do something. I guess I'll write a letter to someone and see if they'll do something (laughs) instead of like, you know, you either either care enough to say some shit about it or you don't. If they are private school kids from an elite boys school in their uniforms on their way to school, I think your chances of like uh, being beaten half to death and stabbed a bunch of times by them are probably very minimal. Um, so that's my advice. Lucy, what's your take?
2: Yeah, that's pretty much my take. Or you're going to get sued by one of their fathers, which (laughs) that's not ideally (sighs) there.
0: Oh, and you got
1: to take law into your own hands.
2: That's right.
0: All of a sudden it turns into taken. Sure. Uh, Why not? (laughs) Don't kill the kids. Don't, don't beat up the kids. Maybe just say, come on, man. Hey guys, That's do you mind keeping it down? For the
2: week. Hey guys, your shit up. Come on.
0: Hey guys, come on. Raise your eyebrows at the kids, but don't make it look like come you're fucking any of those sorts of things. Um, and finally, finally, uh, we have a question from A friend of the show, Reed, who says, um, "Ask Lucy how getting married in Vegas went."
2: It was I the best. Hear, I can hear the church It was church the bells. best thing ever. Oh. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, my unfortunate husband got dragged ben, into it because we don't have enough money for a wedding because we're millennials and we live in different countries. So uh, we went to a Graceland Wedding Chapel and got married by Elvis Presley, the Elvis Presley. And it was incredible. Ben, and I had such a good time.
0: Ben seemed convinced that that was the Graceland. And <laughs> I was like... It
2: was not Um, the Graceland, which is um, in Memphis, I believe.
0: Yes. It's like I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain it's not.
2: But it was the real Elvis. And um, yeah, it was a good time. I highly recommend it.
0: Very good. Uh, Who can afford weddings these days? It's a whole thing. It does blow my mind. Um, I mean, we got married uh, in our backyard. And with a lot of help from people, like um, a lot of people... Like we had friends, you know, someone who was previously a florist, like did all the flowers for us as a gift mm. and, um, some friends that my wife worked for, um, at a cafe were like, well, you just, you buy the ingredients and we will do all the, all the prep and the cooking and all that sort of nice. stuff and all that kind of thing as a gift. And so a lot of people contributed like their own labor as a gift to our wedding, which is really nice. Um. And we... Yeah, like I said, we did it in our backyard. And I think we had less than 100 people. Um, and it was still... It still costs you money and shit. So It that's still why I'm costs like, money. I'm blown away when I see people doing the whole shebang where they're like renting cars and and big venues and all that sort of stuff. Because I'm just like, wow. Wow. That wow. Seems like You're living costs, a different life to me. Yeah. Seems like it costs a lot of money. Mm. Um, So that's about it for us this week folks thank you for joining us uh you can get an extra episode of the show every week um the day it comes out may vary uh <laughs> over at patreon.com we're doing for- we're doing our best or at least we're doing it but we're, do- we're doing our best um it's been a long winter of everybody being sick all the time I'm so tired i'm just so tired and anyway, you can get an extra bonus episode every week. Patreon.com forward slash Vista. Uh, we also do our fun movie nights. You get access to the Discord server. You get to ask us questions in the mailbag. Um, you get all kinds of things. Head on over there and check it out. Um, or hey, maybe you just, uh, you don't even want the extra episodes, but you would love to support the show. You could do that. You can yeah, do that. You don't no have to listen
2: it. to the bonus episodes. We're That's not going no to. No one's going to make you.
0: No. No one's going to make you do it. We don't check. <laughs> we, don't, we have no way of knowing You could just say you'd listen to them mm. To make us feel good Or, or hell, I'm going to go the other way You can go ahead and listen to the bonus
1: episode Two times, maybe two and a half times And it'll keep working Yeah. Uh, we don't know whether beyond that It will keep working because no one's ever tried
0: um, <laughs> But look, give it a go Give it a red hot go uh, Merchandise available At forward slash Merchandise that's the, the URL that makes the most sense when you think about it. It sure does. Uh, yeah. So that's it. That's it for us this week, folks. Thank you for joining us. Up. Oh, Theo's just fallen out of his ladder on the tree. It's a long time to be standing up here talking. Mm-hmm. I think his legs have gone dead. I'm uh, now a conservative columnist. <laughs> <laughs> time to do some racist cartooning, Australian
1: style. God, I've been, I've been doing it the hard wave. All this time now, I just get to do
0: racism for money. That's it. Easy gig around here. An easy gig. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Hey.